0: Let the temple be filled with His glory. Let the core...
1: Thank you for joining us today on the Solomon's Porch Podcast with Bible teacher Barry Borthissel. Barry has been a student of the Word his entire life. As a former pastor, he understands how to disciple people in the Bible, and as a successful business owner, he brings real-world issues into perspective through the lens of Scripture. Go to solomonsporchteaching.com for the notes from this episode. Now welcome Barry Borthissel.
2: Well, hello everybody, Barry and Ruth Borthussel here with our second podcast from my new book entitled Your Body is God's Temple. And I would really urge you to uh, get a copy, either ebook or amazon.com or trivita.com in both the United States and Canada. Amazon is just in the United States. And the reason I'm not just wanting to sell books, but the full teaching of what we have discovered in this subject is life changing. No question about it. And I can't, you know, do everything of the teaching in our 30 minutes. So I really urge you to get the book and do your own study, because if it helps you half as much as it has helped us, I will be thrilled. So where we go. So, as I have mentioned in past podcasts, the real motivation, one of the real motivations for the writing of this book was an article in uh, the Wall Street Journal that occurred just as COVID-19 was starting. And it said, and I quote, who will save us now that the monster COVID-19 has broken free? Question mark. The pandemic has humbled the country and the world and has opened up millions of eyes to this risky universe once more. Goes on to say, for societies founded on biblical traditions, pandemics need not make for the end. This is a call for repentance and revival. Great struggles can produce great clarity. Goes on to say, in the Old Testament, it would seem that men of spiritual resources May not only redeem catastrophe, but turn the moment into a great creative opportunity. So I began to study that and I thought, what does the Wall Street Journal know that I don't know? Well, chapter 13 in the book, we're going to give you just one of the things that we've learned uh, from this um, study, which has really helped both Ruth and I through the big changes that we're going through, and many of you are going through huge changes as well. So this story is about King Hezekiah, and there's about five pages in the book on it, but this is an incredible biblical story on how God reacted when his people cared for the brick and mortar temple. The key point here is how much more important this principle is today, given that we are now God's temple. So it was important then, but more important today, and just to remind you who you are, Ruth is now going to read three verses from Luke and two from Jeremiah, and this is talking about you if you are listening to this today, honey?
1: Uh, Luke 12:7 reads, "Indeed, the very hairs of your head are all numbered. Don't be afraid, you are worth more than many sparrows." And then from Jeremiah, the word of the Lord came to me, that's to Jeremiah saying. Before I formed you in the womb, I knew you. Before you were born, I set you apart. Before I appointed you as a prophet to the nations. And then in, this is the familiar one, Jeremiah 29, 11, I think we've all got this almost memorized. For I know the plans I have for you, declares the Lord. Plans to prosper you and not to harm you. Plans to give you hope and a future.
2: Now, the uh, King Hezekiah, which has been told or which has been reported in in the Bible, that he was probably the most respected king of all kings. And when you consider Solomon David, that's quite a compliment. But the divine purpose for the existing of the Old Testament is very specific. God wanted to have a place in which to record his name a place in which he could dwell among his people in his glory and his presence. Well, that is true today, only it's not in a brick and mortar. It's within each of us, which is something that I still find very difficult to get my head around. But this is so important in those verses that Ruth read. Because there's so much depression today, and no one knows exactly what's going to happen, mental illness, drug use, we all know the, the issues. So this, this message is really, really important because it'll, it'll give all of us hope. So just a, a little bit of background with Hezekiah. Hezekiah was a God-fearing man. He took over a country uh, where his father was a very evil king. They had eliminated anything to do with God. They had let the temple go into despair. They didn't look after the temple, all of those things. And God gives us the same choice today. So the application from that principle is, what are we doing to look after our temple, which is the temple of God? Number two, Hezekiah encouraged his people to prepare for worship in the repaired temple with music and singing. Well, music and singing and worshiping of God is a huge, huge Uh, help in overcoming trials and and depression, and it's basically an indication of your faith walk. Number three, people were so excited when these two things happened that there weren't enough priests to offer sacrifices, and they were so excited there wasn't enough people to take the money that they wanted to donate. That would not be an interesting thing if that happened today, and so things began then to fall into place. So I really became excited about this story uh, from King Hezekiah, which again was prompted by the Wall Street Journal article. Things began to fall into place. What I've asked my lovely wife Ruth to do is to share a little bit personally on how she has handled changes. Uh, The comments I get from our podcast are usually, Barry, we love music, and we love Ruth. (laughs) So I thought, well, well, I'm going to take advantage of that. So I've asked her to give a five-minute talk on how she has handled all the changes in her life that could be of uh, help to you. So, honey, it's all yours.
1: Uh Okay, thank you. um, I'm going to start out with what uh, is also very familiar, the prayer of serenity. God. Grant me the serenity to accept the things I cannot change, the courage to change the things I can, and the wisdom to know the difference. Um, I think that's appropriate for today. It's occurring to me more and more that nothing ever stays the same. (laughs) Everything on this earth is in a state of change. Think about when I married you 20 years ago, Barry, and there were 10 grandchildren, and now one of the youngest who had a soother then just got married. And a soon-to-be 16-year-old is studying for her driver's test. And it seems I was just pushing her in a stroller. You and I haven't changed a bit, have we? (laughs) Um, Change can bring anxiety and downturn. And and we know about that. Or it can bring improvement, progress, and enhancement. Um, A person who initiates a major change is a harbinger. I think you're a harbinger, even the way you've brought the story of Hezekiah to us today that's um, that's bringing um, knowledge to us we don't hear that word very often, but change can teach us to adapt and help us develop resilience, but only as we understand our own capacity for growth and learning and I will say that um, and I, so i'm I'm admitting something that as I get older, I think change is a little more treacherous. Um, when change makes us better, it's because we have learned how to turn a challenging situation to our advantage, not merely because change happens. We fear change because we may, be, uh, we may feel we are losing control. If I'm, gonna, if I'm going through a change, guarantee that it's going to be a bit uncomfortable. I don't know what to expect from a new adventure. And that uncertainty can cause anxiety. And living with an entrepreneur, I I never know what the next day might bring forth. (laughs) Uh, So, getting out of my comfort zone into a a zone uh, that's unknown can be exciting, but it can also be scary. And and, uh, I don't exactly know what to expect. Um, I I can fear change because of losing that control. Uh, Sometimes I can have a sense of feeling that I'm losing control over my role, uh, in our, in our marriage and in our, um, and our life. And the larger the change, the more I'm going to feel like change is being done to me. So during change information is, is powerful. And I think that you and I have learned even more how to dialogue and deal with, uh, the apples and oranges of change, talking about, um, where we're going to live and the changes that COVID's brought to us and and to our family. It's been very healthy to be able to uh, just sit down and talk about both sides of a situation as it might present. Um, so another thing that I, I've learned is that if I'm going through a change, guaranteed, it, it's going to be a bit uncomfortable, and I don't know what to expect. Um, but I think the important part of becoming comfortable with change is also recognizing that life isn't fair. I must not be looking at other people where I think it's all settled and tickety-boo. Bad or difficult things happen to everyone, whether we're good people or not. Circumstances happen that are often out of our control, and any change, positive or negative, can be stressful. Bigger than this is uh, when I think about change, I know that the very best way to embrace change is following the Lord because he is the same yesterday, today, and forever. Do I really believe that? The beginning of that verse, before that, those words, the verse reads, remember your leaders who spoke the word of God to you. Consider the outcome of their way of life and imitate their faith. Their faith was strong in the declaration that Jesus is always the same. Truly, I think about how people in my life have, have handled change. And I wonder, how am I modeling change in my own life? Often, my simple prayer is, Lord, what, what do you have in mind? What do you have in mind here? And there are a lot of scriptures that pertain to God's presence with us every step of the way in change. And what's he saying? He's saying trust. This is Proverbs 3, 5, and 6 from the message. Listen to this. Trust God from the bottom of your heart. Don't try to figure out everything on your own. I'm guilty of this. I try to control things. Oh, Lord, forgive me. And it goes on. Listen for God's voice in everything you do, everywhere you go. He's the one who will keep you on track. He's the one who will guide me through change. So I listen longer and better for him to speak into the circumstances of my life. Here's a couple more verses from Hebrews. But with Jesus, God confirmed his royal priesthood with his promise, saying the Lord has made a solemn oath and will never change his mind. And then here's another one. This is a really, this is a favorite, isn't it? So it is impossible for God to lie, for we know that his promise and his vow will never change. And now we have to run into his heart to hide ourselves in his faithfulness. I love that. Uh, Right now, I'm praying about the border opening. It's been a big change not to see our family in the U.S. Rather than try to figure out, figure it out, I'm simply asking for God to make a change for our nations and watching him work. I love the assurance from Malachi 3, 6. I, the Lord, do not change. Let me say that again. I, the Lord, do not change. That's a word for today. For our home, your home. Our nation. In my walk with Christ, where I have had anxiety over change and uncertainty, it's me who's not steady. Christ does not change. Uh, the verse goes on to say, Return to me, and I will return to you, says the Lord. Test me in this. See, I think God is testing us when He brings about change. And to see if I will not throw open the floodgates of heaven and pour out so much blessing that you will not have room enough for it. That's the positive thing. When God brings change, I think he also brings blessing. Um, And so that's uh, that's kind of my thoughts, Barry, about some of change in my life as it applies to me.
2: (laughs) Very well done, honey. Uh, I knew you'd do a great job. On page 43 in the book is uh, seven comments by Dr. Peter Daniels from Australia. Dr. Daniels, I uh, had a lot of change in his life. I happen to be a personal friend of his, which is an honor. He has been called the most dynamic platform speaker the world has ever seen. He is the head of the World Entrepreneur Center. He has gone bankrupt three times, so he knows what change is about. And on page 43, I list the points that Dr. Peter Daniels uh, has uh, allowed me to uh, share with you. And it's called The Challenge of Change. And we can not dismiss Change by Peter Daniels. Number one, recognize that God is a provider and stabilizer in chains. That's what Ruth was saying. Number two, keep your mind on the things you want and also on the things that you do not want. That's what Ruth did. Be nice to people. Ruth is very nice to people, including me. Be patient. She is patient, sometimes not with me because that's my issue. N- next one is give God the glory. That's what was said. And the last one, do not let your mind be determined by failure. Failure can be the stepping stones to success. So that's on page seven, uh, 30, uh, 43 of, of the book, page 43 of the book want to play a song right now that you talk about change, and this, this is a, a mind-boggling story. Some of you may know it, but it's the background to one of the world's most famous hymns, It Is Well With My Soul. The first verse starts like this, when peace like a river attendeth my way, when sorrows like sea billows roll, whatever my lot Thou hast taught me to say, it is well, it is well with my soul. This was written by a man by the name of Horatio Spafford. I can't imagine being uh, called by that name by my mother, but anyway. Stafford's fortune evaporated in the wake of the Great Chicago Fire of 1871. Having invested heavily in real estate along Lake Michigan's shoreline, he lost everything overnight in a fire. In that moment, like Job, then he lost his son who died short time after the financial disaster, but the worst was yet to come. Desiring a rest for his wife and their four children because of what they had been through, he planned a European trip for his family in 1873. In November of that year, due to unexpected last-minute business developments, he had to re- main behind in Chicago but sent his wife and four daughters on ahead on November the 22nd the ship was struck by another ship and sank in 12 minutes several days later the survivors were finally landed at Cardiff Wales and mrs Spafford sent a cable to her husband, her husband saved alone Spafford left immediately to join his wife this is this is really something this hymn is said to have been penned as he approached the area of the ocean where he had lost his four daughters listen to the words and this will encourage you it is well with my soul Let me just very, very uh, quickly wrap up some of the things that happened to Hezekiah and his people after they had rebuilt the temple and were honoring God and many of the other things. He introduced Passover. We celebrated as communion. The Passover had not been celebrated for 200 years. And... uh, The story is that they ran through the streets and across the countryside saying Passover is coming back. So they did that. That was another thing that he restored. And then what happened then was about eight things that happened in that country. And this is on pages 74 and 75 in the book. He honored and kept the Passover. Here is what God did. Well, the Lord forgave all their sin, number one. Number two, he healed the people physically. Interesting. Then there was a great time of worship and praise and joy. They were happy. The word of God was being taught. Number five, the people were blessed and their prayers went right to heaven. Boy, wouldn't you like that one? Number six, God restored financial abundance. Number seven, the king encouraged his people to trust the Lord. That's just what Ruth had said. And then the king led in prayer and built up the walls around Jerusalem to protect them from their enemies. So the application and conclusion of this podcast really is that King Hezekiah humbled himself before God. We're going to have another podcast talking about that stuff because it's a huge one. But the application for us really is the same. We must do the same and, like Hezekiah, begin repairing our bodies like they are God's temple. And that means physically, emotionally, and spiritually. So I would like to ask as many as you, as you, I would like to ask as many uh, of you that would like to join our community, we are creating a worldwide faith and prayer movement to ask God to heal our land and perform miracles in your lives regardless of the situation. Again, our webpage is solomonsporch- solomonsporchteaching.com solomonsporchteaching.com with all the information. Our next podcast will be another great story From the old testament as the wall street journal suggested and that's the story of habakkuk and it's a phenomenal story because it talks about vision god told get this now god told habakkuk to write a vision in the middle of a pandemic and what i learned from this is absolutely mind-boggling the story of course is in the book as well so thank you for listening I hope this has been an encouragement to you. And I'm going to ask Ruth to close in prayer. Ready?
1: So I'm going to close uh, with, again, this prayer. God, grant us the serenity to accept the things we cannot change, the courage to change the things we can, and the wisdom to know the difference. I thank you that every day You mark out the path for us, and we acknowledge you in all our our ways, and you do direct our steps. I pray for our dear friends who are on this podcast today, that you will meet their needs, that there will be a sense of, of joy in the journey, and we thank you for your protection and care over us, over our countries, and we want to glorify your name together in Jesus' name. Amen
2: thank you God bless bye now
1: thank you for joining us on Solomon's Porch for notes from today's episode or to contact Barry please go to solomonsporchteaching.com that's solomonsporchteaching.com we'd love to hear from you see you next time